0: Football 24 7 with NFL insider John McMullen across the Jacob Media YouTube channel, all presented by Stateside Vodka. Go to statesidevodka.com, get 15% off a one liter bottle. Do it now or do it at the end of this report. It's time for the Eagles to look ahead uh, to Dallas, the game from Sunday. Now in the rear view mirror, we'll talk about uh, that game as head coach Nick Sirianni speaks today. Update on Brandon Brooks and Brandon Graham. We'll get the latest from John McMullen on that. Was Merle Reese, the legendary Merle Reese, was he correct in the broadcast yesterday? We'll ask Johnny Mac about that. Zach Ertz, now a COVID casualty. We'll get the details. And is everything okay with Devontae Smith? A lot to talk about on this Monday night here on Football 24-7 <clears throat> uh, with NFL Insider john McMullen. johnny mack uh welcome in brother uh, nice to uh, have you here on a monday night to uh, start to begin your deep dive into yesterday and then as it states across the bottom of the banner uh time to look ahead and get ready for dallas a week from tonight in big d
1: Yeah, I I think, you know, there's a little bit, Nick Sirianni mentioned, there's a little bit of a buffer zone for the 24-hour rule. Because remember, uh, next week is Monday night in Dallas. So everything gets kind of pushed back a day. Um, And they'll start to turn the page after they watch the film tomorrow, try to correct some issues. but uh, And then it's on to Dallas week, which is always obviously a big deal in Philadelphia. But... Yeah, a lot of big news starts with, unfortunately, Brandon Graham is going to be out for the season, as we all uh, thought with a ruptured Achilles. So he's done for the season. Better news on Brandon Brooks, as good as you can expect. He's going to head to injured reserve, so he's going to miss some time. But it's not a season-ending injury. And it would have been if it was a torn pec. So. Uh, Nick Sirianni described it as a strain peck and he's going to be out for a little bit of while, but good news is that one is not a season ending injury and not an injury. But as you mentioned, Krause, Zacherts um, tested positive for COVID-19 today. So it was a breakthrough infection for all the people that want to shame Zach. He is vaccinated. Um, he is fully vaccinated so there is a chance if he remains asymptomatic that he could play in Dallas on Monday night. He's got to pass two tests 24 hours apart. But that depends if he's showing no symptoms. So there is a chance that he could still be in the mix for the Dallas Cowboys. Davion Taylor also uh, cap is day-to-day. Um, so that's the other injury. But some good news, the very bad news is Brandon Graham out for the season that's going to be a difficult player to replace
0: yeah and a tough story for him tough to uh tough to hear the news uh talked about it a little bit you spoke about it uh, yesterday on the live post game show Derek Gunn of course who has a relationship with BG talked about it uh yesterday tough stuff uh at this point for him um I think and, and I'll paraphrase his his social media message uh, they're still going to shock the world. He's only going to be doing it from a different place on the sideline.
1: Yeah, I, I mean that's Brandon. He's always energetic. He's always got a smile on his face. He's always a, a big part of this team. I, I expect him to continue to be. But man, that's a tough player to replace. I don't, I, you know, as popular as Brandon is, it's sort of this weird. Uh, Dichotomy I've talked about a lot over the years This is one of the best players in the Eagles franchise history Is that good For whatever reason I don't think people recognize that I think they're going to start to recognize that When he's not out there Because he's a dominant player uh, Both rushing the passer and against the run Even Derek Barnett, Josh Sweat They're not Brandon Grant So it's going to be an issue Football
0: 24-7 across the Jacob Media YouTube channel uh, with John McMullen. We'll get into the Nick Sirianni (laughs) press conference from today um, in just a moment. John, I do want to ask you, and I uh, I always refer to our buddy Barrett Brooks, who has made the statement that you know what type of football team you have, After four games, you have a good feel and a good understanding for what type of team you have. I wonder if there's any metric or truth to that statement after just the first two games this season.
1: Yeah, I don't think there is. I don't know how there could be. There was such a a wild sort of uh, uh, shift uh, trajectory from game to game now. I, I don't know if that was just the opponent. Obviously, San Francisco is a lot more talented uh, than Atlanta, even though they were banged up. But I use Jalen Hurts as an example. We talked a lot, the success of Jalen Hurts in Atlanta. You know, 3.7, I think the number was air yards, what they say the next-gen Uh, Stats, the advanced stats, that's how long the football went in the air. Everything was near the line of scrimmage. We saw the successful bubble screens. Um, 32nd in the league, last of the 32 starting quarterbacks as far as the football going through the air. Then you go to week two. We're going into Monday night. We still got one more game. Jalen Hurts is number one in the NFL uh, in air yards. I think it was 14.7. So you start to ask yourself what is going on here is this a a coaching sort of wild uh market correction um you know Nick Seriani will tell you it's just how San Francisco was playing just the game plan I don't know man that's what that is drastic 30 second to first you know there's got to be a happy medium somewhere in there And obviously, Jalen was more successful week one. So you ask yourself, well, is that the game plan? Is that the scheming? Um, Why did they go away from it so drastically against San Francisco? All these questions still have to be answered. And that's what happens. We've been talking about it since we started BIRDS 365 throughout the summer on this show, doing it throughout training camp. A lot of uncertainty with the head coach and the quarterback. We thought we got some questions answered after week one. Well, we got some new questions after week two. A lot of uh, speculation and questioning of
0: the head coach, Nick Sirianni's call, uh, the fourth and three call. I know yesterday um, you referenced perhaps to pandering to the fan base, but you also did provide clarity. And this is the one thing that I think is lost in the call. If the play works, we're having a completely different discussion because the play didn't have a chance. um, Nick Siri, Nick Sirianni really fumbled the ball badly. Now, now I don't know how you feel about that logic, but I kind of feel like that's the truth.
1: No, I've I've been saying that for 20 years, Krause. People think they judge play calls. They don't judge play calls. They judge results of plays. They're not – you don't know what went wrong or, you know, who executed, who didn't execute on both sides of the football, what was trying to be accomplished. Now, here's my concern with the play call. First of all, it was it was very gimmicky. As I said, it seemed to be you know the Philly unspecial, whatever you want to call it, compared to Philly special, trying to pander to the fans, trying to trying to get them excited in the home opener. That's a bad thing for the for a coach to do. You got to worry about your football team. You can't worry about the people in the stands. That's number one. That was my my first problem that I thought of right away. Second problem today Nick Sirianni admitted during his press conference even used this word it was gadgety well yeah it was gadgety what what changed in 24 hours you didn't know it was gadgety what were you trying to to accomplish and he essentially said I'm putting that in my pocket you're not going to see that again who knows you know maybe he's uh doing competitive uh, advantage stuff But he sure sounds like he knows it was a gadget. It was a big mistake. You know, it's always struck me to NFL coaches, you know, you come up to a big part of the game and, you know, you need a conversion. You need a two-point play. You need a touchdown on fourth down, whatever the situation. You might need a first down in the middle of the field. And they pull out these gadgets instead of what you practice all week, every week. And just, you know, just simplify it. Jimmy Johnson would say that. Just execute what you run. Jimmy Johnson had three running plays. That's it. When Emmett Smith was there and he had the best offensive line in football, had three running plays. Ran them again and again and again. And everybody knew what was coming and they couldn't do anything with it because the Cowboys were able to execute it with great players. Um, And this is not just Nick. This is a lot of coaches. And I would say the same thing about Doug Peterson in the Super Bowl. But that was a success. So everyone loves Mm -hmm. it. If if that doesn't work on that stage, could you imagine the vitriol that Doug Peterson would have faced? Um, Now, again, that shouldn't be the weight Uh, But it should be the weight of whether you're calling something a great play call or just a play that was executed properly. And I think that's where the disconnect is when people talk about play calling. But I'm getting into a a deeper conversation. Uh, Nick Sirianni knows it was gadgety, knows he made a mistake. And look, the play was over. He was expecting man-to-man coverage from the 49ers. The 49ers saw Greg Ward come on the field. I said it. I was with Bob Groats in the press box. I said, Greg Ward's coming out. This is going to be a throw. I said it. If I said it, the 49ers saw it. They changed from man to man to zone. Play was over. Play was over. Because you're trying to trick them. It was a one-man route, route, and that was Jalen Hurts. And once they knew it was coming, the play was over. And... Nick Sirianni is going to learn from it. He knows it was a bad play call, and hopefully we don't see it again. <laughs> John, was and was there time
0: for any other conversation in the Sirianni press conference this afternoon?
1: Oh, yeah. There was plenty of stuff uh, down to, obviously, the injuries. I, I started out with that. I had the first question. Landon Dickerson in um, his first action, which wasn't great if you watch the game again. Uh, but kind of understandable the fact that he just returned to practice um, and he was thrown into the deep end of the pool, so to speak. Um, you know, we asked about the biggest difference between Jalen Hurts's week one performance uh, versus his week two performance, kind of what I talked about look, the guy, you know, the guy's not accurate. So you're asking him to throw the football down the field. That's not his strength. So you have to ask yourself again, the coach, what's going on there? 3.7 air yards to 14.7. Doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, You know, so there was a lot of stuff touched. You know, is Landon Dickerson going to start for Brandon Brooks? What are you going to do with BG's injury? Uh, Things like that. Uh, and obviously, we're just getting on the cusp uh, of Cowboys Week, and this is a big game because you know the Cowboys can score points. I've been talking about it all the time. Can the Eagles win that type of game if the Cowboys are sc Now, the good news about Jonathan Gannon's defense: we're two weeks in, six points, seventeen points. That's pretty good. You're watching the rest of this league: Kansas City and Baltimore last night just up and down the field. Tampa Bay scoring like they're scoring. Tom Brady, five touchdowns, Arizona, up and down the field. Can the Eagles play a team like that? Cowboys are a team like that. So we're going to see on a week from tonight. We'll find out. You'll find
0: out. You'll be in Big D for that game uh, on a Monday night. Look forward to uh, your reporting uh, from Dallas here across the Jacob Media YouTube network, the legendary Merle Reese on the WIP broadcast of the game last night, John talked about the fans complaining today. And I'm going to paraphrase what Merle said, but I want to get you to react to it. Look no further than the offensive line and the defensive line of the Eagles to blame
1: for this loss. Um, yeah, I can't agree with that. I, I assume Merrill's talking about the personal foul of Derek Barnett. Um, but again... 17 points in the modern NFL. I'm going to bottom line this. If you give up 17 points on defense in the modern NFL, you should win the football game. Offensive line is clearly the strength of the Eagles. Now, they lost Brandon Brooks. There was a little bit more difficulty, as as I said, Landon Dickerson playing for the first time. But as a whole, I mean, Jordan my lot it was great. Kelsey was solid. Sam Ali was solid. Lane Johnson probably hasn't gotten up just, to where we are usually are with him, but I think he'll be fine moving forward. So I didn't hear the, the conversation with Merrill or what he said, but no, the strength of this team is on the offensive line and defensive line. And by the way, that defensive line dominated and made Jimmy Garoppolo very, very uncomfortable for most of that game. But again, everybody wants sacks. They don't see sacks, and they think it's unsuccessful. That guy was afraid to hold on to the football. was out. If you look at the 49ers' numbers for receivers, other than Debo Samuel, who had the one yard play, I mean, they're nothing. And that's because he's getting the ball out because he's afraid of the pass rush. Simple as that.
0: Well, they did go on two long, sustaining drives, and I guess that because they are, were able to not only methodically move the football, pick up a couple of first downs on on, a, on from Jimmy G plowing his way forward, um, chewing up a tremendous amount of clock, you. I guess you could get the perception that at least on those two particular drives, John, the 49ers were dominating the defense because the defense couldn't get off the field.
1: Well, look, again, I have a difficult time. I got to get to 57 issues before I get to the defense as to who lost this game. Nobody, and I shouldn't say nobody, I mean, there are defenses that occasionally put up uh, a a shutout, not very often in today's NFL. The Eagles only gave up six points in Atlanta. What they have done is given up, if you think about those first two drives, even in Atlanta, they were very long drives, very long, sustained drives. Uh, It was bend but don't break. They're playing a lot of zone. They're keeping everything in front of them. Um, and the hope is when you make somebody go 13, 14 plays, 12 plays, 97 yards, as as San Francisco did, the hope is they're going to shoot themselves in the foot, whether it's a false start, whether it's a holding penalty. They didn't. So you have to give the 49ers credit. But I will say this, big picture, eight quarters. Again, Kansas City, Baltimore, Arizona, Tampa Bay. Watch their games. Watch all the explosive plays. The Eagles have played eight quarters of football. They've given up one pass play of over 20 yards. They've given up one rushing play of over 15 yards. in eight quarters of football. You, you can't even get to the defense when you talk about why they lost that football game. They lost that football game because of all the missed opportunities on the offensive side of the football. Defense, 17 points. you got to win that game, period. Football 24-7
0: with NFL insider John McMullen across the Jacob Media YouTube channel. All presented nightly by Stateside Vodka. Go to statesidevodka.com. Get 15% off of a one-liter bottle by using the keyword JACOB. Go to statesidevodka.com. Offensively, John, Devontae Smith um, was a non-factor. I don't remember all of the numbers from yesterday, and I didn't see the stat sheet today, but you mentioned this last night on our post-post game show, that if you remove the Quez Watkins yardage out of the chart out of the game chart, the rest of the numbers don't add up to very much.
1: Now, 38 passing yards in the second half. I'll go one further because I dived into it deeper today. The Quez Watkins 91-yard pass, that was the last time a wide receiver caught a pass in the game. And that was six and a half minutes left in the first half. So they played about 37 minutes of football almost without getting the football to the wide receivers. There were eight targets, didn't connect once, 39 passing yards in the first half, and that's why I bring up the air yards earlier in this conversation. Where are those bubble screens? Where are those wide receiver screens? Okay, Jalen Hurts is having a difficult time getting the football down the field, so why not make it easier for him? Where are the in-game adjustments? you got to get the football in the hands of your playmakers. And if you can't do it down the field, which was the game plan, okay, understandable, it made some sense because the 49ers were down both of their starting corners. So you you say to yourself, we should be able to push the football down the field. But you can't push the football down the field uh, if the quarterback is not accurate on that particular day. Now they had some hits. Um, Watkins being the most notable, Jalen Rager made a mistake on what should have been a 36 yard touchdown. But when you fall behind and you're having difficulty pushing the football down the field, you got to do some different things. And that's where the bubble screen could have came back in the play Get the ball in the hands of Quez Watkins that way. See if he can break one. See if Devontae Smith can break one. Jalen Rager. Where did that go? Rookie head coach, kind of forgetting about it. I talked about Arthur Smith, you remember, Joe, in week one. Very effective early. Calvin Ridley, didn't go to him again. Rookie mistake. Three receptions and three targets on the first drive. Forgot about him. This week, rookie head coach forgot about stuff in, in, in the guts of the game. It happens all the time. And that's why we said there was going to be some hiccups, and hopefully you learn you learn from it.
0: Did he forget the tight ends in this game, John?
1: Well, Dallas Goddard didn't, didn't touch the ball until the fourth quarter. Uh, Zach Ertz had, I think, one catch in the game. So part, part of that, there were a couple times where, again, the quarterback, the strength of the quarterback is not the intermediate ball, where in theory the tight ends are going to be a big part of that. It seems like the Eagles don't want to throw the football over the middle of the field. Uh, so it's either been the short stuff or the deep stuff. Um, now – Nick Sirianni addressed that today because he was asked that question. Why is there no intermediate stuff? Um, or very, very little intermediate stuff. And he said that's just the way it's the defense has been given us. Uh, I don't know. You watch a typical NFL game. <laughs> there's only so much they can take away. Um I think they have concerns. They don't want Jalen Hurts to lose confidence. That's the last thing you want. How does a young quarterback lose confidence? By turning the football over. He hasn't turned the football over in the first two games, which is very good. The easiest way to turn the football over is to be inaccurate in the middle of the field. I don't think they want him throwing there, and that's going to affect the tight ends numbers.
0: Last thought on Jalen Hurts. Is his, the deficiency in Jalen Hurts' game forcing Sirianni
1: to make bad play calls? No, I don't think it's necessarily that. I think it's um, limiting uh, certain things. Look, anytime you have a quarterback that you're trying to cut the field in half for or you're trying to make it one read or two reads and go, it, it kind of limits what you want to do. Um, and that's where I think the Eagles are. And it was always going to be difficult. At some point, he's got to take the shrink wrap off and say, okay, we got to put our entire offense out there. We can't just limit certain areas of the field. Because NFL teams are looking at these next-gen stats as well, and they're saying, okay, this kid doesn't throw the football in the middle of the field. So we're just going to start locking down outside the numbers deep, and we're going to look for those bubble screens, and then it's going to get really, really difficult. So at some point, Nick Sirianni is going to have to put on film that we are willing to go down the seams, go down the middle of the field, in those intermediate routes, they haven't done that yet. They're probably going to have to do it in Dallas, and we'll see if they're successful. John, is the game too big
0: for Sirianni? Was that too big for him yesterday? And I'm not trying to be disrespectful to the head coach. I'm just trying to understand some of the logic that went into some of the choices that he made, as you have described in this, you know, foot edition of Football 24-7.
1: No, there they're, they're, they're are veteran coaches who make <laughs> multiple mistakes. You yeah, know, but these, these don't
0: seem to be, I get that. Mistakes are always going to be made. These seem to be more simplistic. Are they, or am I just misreading it?
1: Um it I look I think the fourth and 3 call was really bad um but again that's just one play call I I think the bigger problem would have been if he didn't admit it was a bad play call so I, I in, in a lot of ways I think that's a positive to say okay I made a mistake uh let's turn the page let's move on um I think he's limited because of, of the quarterback. I mean, we got to be honest here, and I know everybody wants Jalen Hurts to succeed, but he can't do what Andy Reid does with Patrick Mahomes. He can't do what Bruce Arians does with Tom Brady. He can't do what with what Pete Carroll and company do with Russell Wilson. Um, Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, even though he had a bad week one, you can't run... All those different things that makes those offense so explosive. Um, I I said this after week one. If if you keep doing the same thing, they're going to catch up to you pretty quickly. So this is why we're we're talking about. Don't get too too high. Don't get too low. This whole season is about figuring it out what you have in Jalen Hurts, um, right now he's got to show a lot more to prove he's going to be the long-term answer at quarterback for this position, for for this organization. You can't run an offense the way the Eagles are running this offense by eliminating certain things. So if you don't trust your quarterback to do certain things, you got to go find another quarterback. That's how it works in this league because you're ultimately looking for the superstar quarterback, the star quarterback. And you don't want to, you don't want to scratch out pages in your playbook because you're not confident the quarterback can do certain things. So the shrink wrap has to come off. You got to let him sink or swim. You can't protect him forever. I think it starts in week three. Football
0: 24-7 with John McMullen. Last thought from Johnny Mack: uh, Which one of the three factored into yesterday's loss? Points left on the field, coaching errors, Jalen Hurts' performance.
1: Um, points left on the field. I mean, they had plenty of opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um and there are plenty of people who contributed to that. Um, that would be number one. Um, you know, two and three, you can argue. I, I think a lot of the coaching errors uh, were, other than the fourth and three, I think a lot of the coaching errors were an attempt to protect the quarterback. And so then you say chicken or the egg, which is worse should he not be protecting the quarterback or is the quarterback have to be protected? I don't, I don't have that answer. Football 24
0: seven across the Jacob media, YouTube channel with NFL insider, John McMullen, great stuff from Johnny Mack tonight, all presented by Stateside vodka. Again, go to statesidevodka.com. Use the key phrase, Jacob, Get 15% off a one-liter bottle. If you're in Pennsylvania, they'll deliver it right to you. Uh, Again, go to statesidevodka.com. Johnny Mac, great stuff yesterday on game day. Great stuff tonight uh, on this edition of Football 24-7. Look forward to what will be an action-packed week of conversation uh, with you. And then from Dallas, next Monday night, the shrink wrap. Will be off. Check, hopefully, check, hopefully, check the shrink wrap at the hotel door. Like Johnny <laughs> Mac. All right, good stuff, Johnny Mac. Thank you, brother. All right, thanks, Grousey. All right, good stuff, brother.